Welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I am here again with my lovely wife, Natasha Mason. Hello. And there she is, as always. Um, we're glad to be back with you this week or in this episode. Uh, this should be episode 42. I is that right? So. Episode 42. Uh, we were out of town last week, so we kind of did the podcast when we could get to it. It was our anniversary, and so uh, happy five years to us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we had a good time. We actually got to the coast. We got to do a little bit of fishing and uh, got to spend some time out near the ocean. It's always a wonderful thing. So we had some good times there. Um, one thing I'll say right off the top is I actually got to talk to a guy. We were actually, uh, this doesn't have anything to do with the podcast, but I always like to tell these stories. So we're out there fishing and there was an older gentleman there and uh, he had a veteran's hat on and he drove a truck, I think that had veteran's tags on it. And I'm assuming he was a veteran of something. Um, I would hope so. I think it was Vietnam. He was a Vietnam vet. He was retired. But anyway, uh, we struck up a conversation and uh, just generally talking, you know. And I think Natasha's gotten to the point to where she realizes um, when I have an opportunity to uh, talk to someone about God. And so she was very thoughtful in engaging that conversation. No, and it was very helpful. I actually want to say it was very helpful. Um, The previous day we had been fishing and I... um, I had been singing to the Lord um, because sometimes I do that. That's what I do. And I uh, was catching fish and just singing to the Lord and having a good time. So the next day we were fishing and we weren't really catching a lot. And so we were standing there and I was talking to this gentleman and Tasha said, uh, maybe you should start singing again. And so that really sparked the conversation. And I looked at the guy and I said, yeah, she wants me to sing because yesterday I was singing to the Lord, thanking him for the fish. And, and we started catching fish. And he uh, he looked at me and he's like, oh, uh, Oh, well, where do you go to church? What denomination are you? And so we got into a conversation and really, um, I think for me, it was enjoyable because I got to tell him that, and the Lord's helping me realize this. One of the things I think this, man, this has nothing to do with this subject. Maybe it does. But um, one of the things that I realize more and more every day is that we don't give a God enough thanks and enough credit for the things that he does for us. And, um, you know, when I was catching the fish and I was singing to the Lord when I spoke to the man and uh, I said, yesterday I was singing and I was, uh, you know, just praising God. And I said, you know, and I looked out and I said, "The, the Lord owns the ocean and all the fish that are in this ocean belong to him. And if he gives me any, I'm blessed to have that. And so I think there's a lot of times in our lives when we, um, we realize the blessings of God and we're thankful for those blessings, but we forget that we need to thank God, maybe out loud verbally for other people to hear it. Cause it's very important. I think the, you know, that guy, he, you know, to see somebody say this all belongs to God and, and I'm thankful when he gives it to me, you know, well, um, he just seemed very drawn to you and yeah. I think people in general get drawn to you. Probably more so than what you're even maybe aware. Maybe so. And that's probably the excitement until they see me get excited. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like he just said a comment or two. Right. I mean, no. he like stood there for a while. Yeah. And I was like, well, and we got to talk to him. start singing because either he's not going to hear this and he's going to leave, <laughs> score for us, or he's going to be open to it, score for us and Jesus. Yeah. So he stuck around and we talked a little bit about his church. Uh, he's from, he was from Durham and, uh, his church was, uh, he said near the border, I guess. I don't know what that even means, but, um, he said, you know, I mentioned the podcast. I said, me and Natasha do a podcast and we try to share the, the word with other people. And he said, Oh man, that's awesome. Our church is trying to start a podcast, you know? And, and so we had a, a good conversation there and, you know, it's, it's those opportunities as, as believers we have to take because, you know, honestly, I stood there and I was standing next to the guy and I was thinking, uh, how can I broach this subject with him? You know, how can I, how could I start talking about the Lord in a way that's not going to seem kind of weird and crazy off the cuff? And then she made the comment about singing and I said, forget it. It's going to sound crazy and weird, but I'm going to go ahead and say that I praise the Lord for the very fish that I catch. 
And that leads to those conversations. And I think sometimes we have to walk in that boldness that, um, and to your point, either people are going to accept it and they want to hear what we got to say or they're going to turn around and walk away. And we got to be okay with that. And we got to be to the point to where it's like, you know, I'm going to open my mouth and I'm going to speak the words of life and I'm going to talk about the Lord that loves me and the God who gives me life. And if they don't like it, they're going to walk away. That's on them. Well, don't you think it was maybe him recognizing Jesus in you as well? Yeah. Because I, I think sometimes we get maybe subconsciously drawn to people that we see Jesus in. I think so. Well, I think the Holy Spirit, uh, we, we've talked, and this will actually go into uh, a subject we're going to talk about. So starting on Tuesday, we're going to do a study of the book of Acts. Um, and I'm going to tell you right up front, this is not going to be your traditional um, Sunday sermon series. Um, where I come up and I read a couple verses and I give you my... Because we are what? Abnormal. We're very abnormal. So what we're going to do with is uh, in the book of Acts, we're going to look at the historical value of the book of Acts, and we're going to look at the spiritual and theological value of the book of Acts. So it's a, it's a, it's a complete story that I want to be able to tell. I want to be able to share information with you and things um, that you've never heard before or that you haven't considered. Um, and I really want to look at Acts as uh, the Acts of the Apostles. It's what, it's what it is. They're going out and they're, they're preaching the gospel. But uh, one of the things that I, I'll give you off top that top of my head today I was thinking about was Paul, or actually Saul, and his name changed to Paul. And it was one of those few things in my mind that was that the Lord kind of alerted me and said, why was his name changed? Uh, every person who's ever been born again or saved, their names are not changed, right? Yeah. So there's, a, there's something there. There's something between him going from Saul to Paul. And I'll tell you right now, it clues into a man named Abraham, who was called Avram to begin with, and then was later called Abraham. Um, there was another man whose name was changed to Israel. So um, we're going to look at some of that. We're going to look at how those things play into the book of Acts. So it's that acknowledging uh, other believers and the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. So we're going to start that on Tuesdays. We're going to try and, and I'm, I can't tell you it's going to be a whole chapter at a time. I'm going to try and do one chapter at a time because I think there's a lot of information there, but it's, we'll see how that works out. Today on this episode, this is episode number 42, and we're going to talk about the love of God. And really the title of this episode would be, could there be love without God? And so uh, that's the real subject we want to get into. Um, there's some scripture verses that I want to go along with this. And, and this was brought up a few weeks ago. We were discussing this and I asked her, uh, I said, do you think that love as we know it would exist without God? And um, the scripture we're going to have, I'm having Natasha read it, is going to be 1 John 4, 7 through 12. Okay, so starting in verse 12, uh, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. Verse 8, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And 9, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. 10, Herein is love that we... Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. All right, so we got verse uh, 7 through 12. They're talking about the love of God and what that means to the believer. He's talking to the beloved, right? So we know those are the believers. He's saying, beloved, um, these are the things that, that really God has given us his example of love, and he's shown love to us. And it says, um, for love is of God. Everyone that loveth is born of God knoweth God. He that loveth not God knoweth not. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. 
right? So, so off the top of the off top of the conversation, uh, we're going to spark it out, and then we're going to probably hit some sensitive subjects with a few people. But um, over the past, I would say over the past year, one of the big predominant things that the world seems to espouse a lot is love is love, and that's their translation of do whatever you want, love whoever you want, because love is love. Um, my argument there would be no, God is love. Love is is not love. God is love. That's the only. Uh, that's the source of all the love that we have. And I think we were talking about this and I said, um, do you think the, the world would have love if it wasn't for God? Um, and I think, what would you say about this? I don't even remember what I said at the time, but good example. I like that. I like, I like that non-clarity. It's, it's but, okay. But understand people. We talk so much about <laughs> God and the we Bible do. and it's like everything blurs together. So, um, what was the question again? Uh, would the world have love without God? Well, we, the easy answer there is no. No. You know that. So the easy answer there is, is no. And why is that? Because if we believe a biblical God, the God of the Bible, created the world and everything in it, without God, there would be no creation, right? So there would be no love simply for the fact that there would be no creation. Um, and without God, and this is one of the things I, I was thinking about today, without God, if you look at sin, right? We've talked about sin in the past. We'll continue to talk about it. Um, the further you go into sin, the further away from God's love you get. And the further away from God's love you get, the harder the sin becomes. So it starts, It's almost like it starts to multiply. Exactly. It's like your troubles and all the things that come, the consequences of sin, compound themselves the deeper into sin you get. You start off with one little lie, and next thing you know, I mean, you're up to your eyeballs in all kinds of trouble. And you've, and it's not love that you feel. It's not, it's not love that you, uh, you don't feel this peace. You don't have the, um, the satisfaction of knowing you're doing right. You know, you're doing wrong. You're under guilt, you're under oppression, and you're so far away from love that you don't even know what to do. And I think when you look at the world and you look at the situations of people around you, these people are living this every day. I mean, this is, uh, people who are, uh, addicts and drugs and people who are alcoholics and people who, um, who have sexual sins in their life. I mean, it just goes on. It's where there's no satisfaction in what you have. And the further away from God you get, the less love you see in your life. And you just don't understand that. Well, I, I guess I would liken it to cancer where, you know, you have one cancer cell and you don't really know that anything's wrong. You're like, oh, well, I'm still, I'm still feeling good. And then, but it slowly starts to multiply. And then at some point you start having symptoms of cancer or AKA sin and that it the cancer becomes so overgrown that it starts to um, strangle strangulate everything else around it so that you're not getting your body's not able to function to the point right. where you know if you don't stop it cut yeah, it it's out gonna kill you. whatever it is that you need to do to it and that's the wages of sin the wages right. of sin is death right so that's what it does to us so in the situation where we have love in the world um, and I don't think even because he says the in that scripture, he talks about love. And I think when you look at even the lost and the unbelieving person, I need you to understand that everyone. So what is love? What, what is love? And that's a tough question, but what is love? Where does it originate? What, what part of your body does love come out of? Is there a gland? Is there a gene? Is there a, is there a, like is liver? Does it produce love? Does your, no, it's, I don't think that it's able to be quantified. Why not? Cause it's subjective. But how, this is the thing that people don't understand when we talk about love, because it is so subjective, we tend to get things confused for love. 
And one of the greatest things that I always give as a good example is emotions. Our emotions are oftentimes, you remember, I remember when I was uh, probably in high school and uh, the first time I told my mom, I love somebody. My mom's like, you don't even know what that means. Right. And I thought I did. Right. And so you had, Wrong, Mama, I do. Uh, yeah, you got feelings, right? So you have this, these feelings of uh, just going to say it, you have feelings of lust or you have feelings of attraction or you have feelings of satisfaction being around this person or some kind of peace. And for some reason, we always equate that as, well, I must love them. Well, I don't know that it's necessarily you feel peace. I will, but you're you're satisfied to be around that person. You're happy to be around that person. You, you know what I'm saying? Butterflies. Right. Well, it, it's just a situation to where you you enjoy that person's time and company. And so the world wants to quantify that as love. It's going to say love is love. You know, if you want to love a tree and you feel that way about a tree, well, I want to love a tree because love is love. And and it's ridiculous. It gets to be ridiculous. And part of the issue, I think, for the Christian is the, the we have a hard time explaining love biblically because I don't think we have the greatest examples or we haven't had the greatest examples of what it actually means to God. Um, so in the in the New Testament, in the Greek, we use the word agape. You've mm-hmm. heard this. You've heard this a lot of times, agape. Agape is corresponding verb to agapoa. And I hope I say that right, because it's a word I don't really know very well. Um, but they both come from a noun, right? So in the Greek, this is the, and I'm going to give you a couple of definitions. I've got a couple uh, words here that I want to share with everybody. So uh, the Greek word uh, simply means um, it's a respecting kind of love. It's that, uh, it's where we, the giver, um, let me get this right, fostering a, a, a reverential love. God fosters a reverential love in them towards the giver and a practical love toward those who are partakers of the same and desire, desire to help others to seek the giver. So the agape love is the kind of love where God is fostering this love in us to where we are wanting to give our affections to him. And then we're wanting to foster that in other people. We want to go and share that with other people so that they can share in the love of God. So the, the, the relationship that we have with God. And so this is honestly, when I was researching this, I was looking at agape love and uh, it's says in some of the earlier texts, they weren't even quite sure what agape really meant. Um, they were really having, they've had a hard time struggling with it. Um, Greek literature and in the, uh, I can't even say this word. It's the Septuagint. It's, it's a translation. It's the, what? <laughs> it's the earliest translation of the Old Testament into the Greek. So um, they, they have a hard time with that word and they have a hard time describing what it actually means because there's not a real good example of the usage of agape in the literature. Um, so it was interesting to me that that's the kind of love that we always proclaim. And we always proclaim the agape love of God. You know, when you, you go to these, um, whatever, these big churches with all the fancy and they got the key words and it's to get soaked in the agape love of God. So anyway, so that's the Greek. Now, I'm going to take you because this is a messianic podcast and we do love to get into the Hebrew. We're going to flip back to the Hebrew so we can explain it a little bit because I think you're going to understand this a little bit better when you use Hebrew words for love. Now, uh, one of the things you're going to learn in um, the book of Acts that we're going to study is that when Paul was on the, the road um, and the Lord came to him, what did he speak to Paul? Remember what I he pointed out? He spoke in Hebrew. He spoke in Hebrew. God spoke in Hebrew to Paul. So Hebrew is very big with the Lord. Um, so in Hebrew, there are a couple different words. And actually, I believe that I'm reading five different words for love. And these five different love words, these five different words have a different meaning for love, each and every one of them. So where we have agape love in the New Testament, where it's love toward God and wanting to bring others to love the Lord with us, in the Old Testament, there were five different words for love. And this really set off with me because I realized that we talked about this, that the way we love is different from person to person. I love my mother differently than I love my wife. I love my wife differently than I love my children. I love my God differently than I love all of them. 
So love is not always the same. So these five different words, and we'll, we'll hit them real quick, and I'll give you the definitions of them real quick. Uh, the first one is a hob, and a hob is to love that in which a man delights or which he earnestly desires. It implies an ardent and vehement inclination of the mind, at the same time tenderness and fullness of affection, and is used of the unspeakable love and the tender mercies of God in the covenant with his people. So there's there's the ahab love, and basically you're going to see that. Uh, it's a verb. Um, it's equivalent to the English to love, like it is to love something or to love. Um, so that word is, uh, is used of the love of Isaac to his wife Rebecca. Um, of parents for children, for example, Abraham to his uh, son Isaac in Genesis 2, 22, 2. Yeah, Genesis 22, 2. Um, so Ahab, uh, in Isaiah 43, 4, Ahab is used when he says, Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored, and I have loved you. And it's to love. So Ahab is one word. Um, it comes from the root word Ahaba, which is to, it has a little bit more, a couple more letters on the end over there, Ahaba. So Ahaba is a derivative of uh Ahab is a derivative of Ahaba. Um, it is God's love to his people. Um, and it's uh, in Hosea 3.1, God expresses his love to people even when they tr try to commit wickedness and turn away. Um, it's like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel who took other gods and loved the raisin cakes of the pagans. You raisin cake eating? I don't know. But anyway, so there's a second kind of love there. There's Haba, uh, Habab, sorry. Uh, Deuteronomy 33.3, and it means to cherish with tender love, to hide in the bosom, to love fervently, and so to protect. So there's a love of protection. Um, there's hash Hashak, which is in Deuteronomy 7.7, 7, Psalms 91.14, Isaiah 38.17. It's about God's love for his people. Hashak means to be attached to. So it's an attachment love. It's attachment kind of love to connect or join together. It signifies that the context of the heart with any object uh, which inclines us to love it and to delight in it and to desire it, to long for it. So there's a, there's a different word for love. Uh, more of the other love uh, words, and I will throw in here real quick. I left off hesed. Uh, we'll get to hesed later. But we'll do yadid. Yadid means delight. That which is loved, dearly beloved. So, and that comes out of, uh, and th all these words are used in the uh, Old Testament Hebrew. So, there's so many different words that are used in the Old Testament Hebrew to pronounce the love of God toward us. And it's not just one kind of love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? So, that's a different kind of love. He, he's loving everyone on the earth. It's a different kind of love than when they say, beloved, let us love one another. Now he's talking about a relationship between believers. So this is a different kind of love. And so when we get down to it, love, the love of God is, is so much more complex than the one word that we use in the New Testament, agape. Um, and I think when it comes to the world, they need to understand that because people are often confusing their emotions um, for love. And they don't really understand that the love that I have for my wife is going to be different than the love that I have for my children. Love is not love. Love is a lot more complex than that sentence. Right. And I think if you take God out of the situation or you take God out of the context of love or you take God out of the, the relationship or you take God out of um, the lives of the people, then what you're doing is you're removing the source of love from people. Well, it's almost like the love of God is like the roots of the tree and the branches are different. Absolutely. Well, that's what Jesus said. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branch. Right? right. And so he talks about this grafting in where he'll let he'll graft in people who cut off vines or branches. I'm sorry, he'll cut off branches and he'll graft you in because you're being grafted into this love, the love of God. And it's manifest. God's love for us is manifest in his son. That was the whole point of Jesus coming is to redeem us back to the father where we need to be. And so his love for us is almost, 
I don't even know how you could measure that because it's very complicated. How do you how do you measure a God giving up his son to die for humans who were sinners? And the scripture says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Well, I think sometimes you, you put it to me this way more than once, where, I don't know, some song was talking about um, taking the place of Jesus and how awesome that was. But you were like, well, that's easy to give up your life. But would you give up your child's life? Right. Yeah. And that, exactly. It's very easy for me to sit here and say, um, I'm going to die for the cause of Christ. Right. Say we're living in a world that's persecuting Christians and putting Christians to death. I read this and I've told this story before. Um, there was a missionary and his family and they were led to a trench and they were told uh, you denounce and you renounce your, your love of God. You renounce your faith in God or we're going to kill you. And they were, the, the father said, no, I can't do that. And they cut the head off of the kid. They had two children, cut the head off the first kid. And they looked at the father and said, you renounce the name of your Lord or I'm, we're going to kill this other kid. And he says, I cannot do that. And they killed the second child. And they went all the way through and killed the wife and killed the father too. And there they were dead in the trench. Um, and it's easy. It's easy to sit in a seat and say, yes, I love the world so much that I'm going to give my life for it. I'm going to lay down my life for it. But it's very difficult in another sense to say that I've got five children that I love dearly. Um, and I would not I would lay down their life. All of them for people who probably right. don't even, I can't, I don't, I can't imagine that I would ever do that. I can't, I can't say that I would take one of my children and I would sacrifice that one child to save everybody in the earth. I'm sorry. Maybe that's selfish of me and maybe that I don't know, but I don't think I have that in me to do. Um, and so it's, it's tough. And that's why the scripture says, you know, uh, blessed, you're laying down your life for, your, for the love of your friend. Uh, you're, you're laying down your life for your brother or sister. That's a different story. It's something you can manage. It's something we can do. We can take ourselves there, but to put ourselves in a position where we think of what God had to do, what God allowed to occur. I don't, I mean, that's what makes him God. Cause I mean, right. I can't, I can't see me doing that. I mean, I especially take his position. He is God of the universe. He created all this. He made everything. He could destroy it with the swipe of his hand and wipe it away. He could start over. He could have started all over and threw it in the trash can and said, this didn't work. I don't like it, but it's gone. But he didn't do that. Instead, he said, I'm going to take my son who's sitting in a holy and righteous place, and I'm going to send him down to this planet of these people who are sinners, who are wicked, who are unholy, who are filthy, and I'm going to put him down there in the middle of them. And then, not only am I going to do that, but I'm going to let them crucify him. I'm going to let them beat him up. You know, the Bible says they beat him. They punched him in the face. They plucked his beard out. They spit on him. He just, and he, I don't know how he did that. He just did that. He said, here, take him. Because this is the sacrifice that it needs to redeem those few. And this is the thing, too. It's the sacrifice to redeem the few. He did Jesus' death and his blood that he shed was for all mankind. Anyone who will accept, anyone who will come, anyone who will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But the majority of people that live upon this planet will reject him. And the minority of people are going to be the ones that come to him. And the crazy thing is, is that God did all of this to save the very few that were here, even though he knew the majority of the masses of the world were going to reject his son. That is a love I can't explain. That's a love that I think we, once we realize that, who we are in Christ Jesus and the sacrifice that God has made, that just, it overwhelms my heart because it's just, I don't understand you know, if you're sitting out there and you're listening to the podcast and you're thinking, why does God love me? Maybe you're not a believer and you're sitting there and you're thinking, why would God love me so much? Why does God care so much? 
I don't understand why he did that. He did it because he loves you. He sacrificed his son because he loves you and he wants to have that relationship. And so the love of God is so important to life that I don't think life itself could have love if it weren't for the very existence of God. So for all the people who are atheists and the people who don't believe in in a creator and who believe that the world happened by an accident. Sorry. I'm sorry. I don't believe that. You wouldn't, in my opinion, and according to the word of God, you would not have love if for not for the love of God. And, uh, that's pretty much what we got on the podcast. <laughs> so, I mean, that's where we come to is that, is that everything in life, the, you know, I was thinking about dogs and animals and I'm just kind of going sideways here a little, but, um, and they, how they love humans, how these, all these things in life love, and they all have love and they have this uncondi- most animals have this unconditional love. There's some animals to a point who will run away from you, but a dog is kind of goofy like that. You can roll hit them with a rolled up newspaper and they're going to come running right back to you the next day. They have this unconditional love that they just, and, and it's this, it permeates through everything. Love permeates through everything. When the scripture says that God is love, he is love completely. He permeates through everything. His love permeates through everything. I think it's one of those immutable laws that it's, it's just out there. This is why people can know love apart from God. There are people out there who don't, are not Christians and they love each other and they know love, but that's because of God. They don't realize that yet. And hopefully they will. Hopefully. Hopefully. So that's been this episode, episode number 42. We hope you have enjoyed my pontificating and long windedness <laughs> and some of the Hebrew words I butchered there. Um, I try to go through some stuff kind of fast. Sorry about that. Um, but you can reach us out at uh, reach out to us at the abnormal Christian at gmail.com. If you have any comments or questions you would like to add, we'll be glad to listen to them. If you have any prayer requests, we'd be glad to take those too. Um, we have, uh, if you live in Virginia and you're listening to this podcast, and I'm calling this out because there's something going on in Virginia, and we're not sure what it is. He asked me if I had family in Virginia. I'm I know like, I had family uh, in Danville. I got family in Danville, Virginia. Haven't I don't know any of them. Um, but um, if you're in Virginia, and we would love to have an email from you, just kind of cluing us in on what's going on. There's a lot of people on the podcast who are listening from Virginia. I think it. He thinks it's the government. I still say it's the government. The FBI. I got my own FBI agent. He's listening to the show over and over. So hopefully he'll get saved. Um, but if you like, we'd love to know what's going on there uh if you have friends and family who are listening just kind of tell us your story what you're thinking um but we'd love to hear from you folks um people around the world we're still praying for you the persecuted church don't forget them um check back in on tuesday or wednesday morning and we should have an episode up about acts um hopefully i don't know if it'll go into the 30 minute time frame because there's a lot of information here and this is just chapter one and I'm working on it. So um, I'm scared. It's going to be, I think it'll be fun. We're going to have a good time with it. So we really hope you jump in with us. Uh, it, being that there's like 28 books in or chapters in Acts, it could be 28 uh, different podcasts. It could be longer, short. I don't know. Uh, but we're really looking forward to this. So um, I just want to get to Romans 1. Yeah, she wants to get to Romans 1. So we'll get there. <laughs> Paul Outside of that, the smackdown. <laughs> we will talk to you later. <laughs>